Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here. Welcome to day 11 of Send It. We're over halfway through. Hope your fast is going great. Today we're going to continue to learn about sharing our faith. Now most of us are willing to share our faith, but we have no idea how to even strike up a conversation that leads to talking about Jesus. We can help you get started. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Today's Devo is titled, Listen, Listen, Listen. On day two, we dropped the bomb on you that even though you are not a professional, the task of evangelism is now falling squarely on your shoulders. Intimidating, right? It's okay if you feel out of your depth. Some of the Bible greats did too, like Moses, Gideon, and Isaiah to name a few. But practically, just how do you go from sharing a meal with someone to telling them about Jesus? Since we are not preachers standing on a stage, we need to develop a whole new kind of evangelism. We need to learn to share the gospel like counselors, not like preachers. We don't need to become expert speakers. We need to become expert listeners. In our conversations, we need to really listen, not just as a pause before we say the next thing we are thinking, not so we can more effectively make our next argument, but to truly understand what the person we are conversing with is trying to communicate. All the practical communication tools we learned about in relationship counseling apply here. We show that we've both heard and understood by rephrasing what they have said in our own words. We show them that we empathize with them by describing what they are feeling and double-checking that we are understanding them correctly. We ask them follow-up questions to get them to dig deeper into their own thoughts and beliefs. Sometimes, as a consequence, our friends will naturally direct the conversation to the gospel themselves. Sometimes they might need a little gentle nudge. Nudge questions are questions that lead to a gospel conversation. They are things like, what are you looking for in life? Or, do you have a faith? If you are looking for some suggestions on nudge questions you can ask, we have a downloadable list on the Send It page on the SCG website. The goal of these questions is to get them talking and keep them talking about spiritual things. When we do this, we are not just moving through a process. We are developing genuine, loving relationships with our non-believing friends. We are hearing them and empathizing with them. If we have listened well, often they will willingly invite our response, well, what do you think? Or perhaps we initiate our own response with, can I share my thoughts on that? Tomorrow we will talk more about what you can say in these moments, but first, we want to make two last points. First, be prepared for conflict. The gospel is and always has been offensive. It is offensive in every age and culture. It tells us that we are wicked, weak, foolish, and in need of saving. There is a reason that Jesus and nearly every one of his followers died as exiles or martyrs. Even if we are the best listeners and sharers in the world, not everyone is going to accept what we say with joy. 
Don't let that stop you. Share the good news of Jesus with the people that God places in your path. This leads to our second point. Your goal is to be a witness, not a winner. There is a saying we like to use around here. You can win the argument, but lose the person. Become an expert at conflict resolution. Together, find a way to get on the same side as you seek truth without compromising the truth. Win the relationship, not the argument. People learn more from your life, what you do and how you live and love like Jesus than what you say. Hey guys, welcome to day 11. Is it day 11? Is that right? 11, yeah, it's day 11. I've um, been in this room about 17 days, I think. I think that, yeah, I think Just that's getting right. this yeah, done, yeah, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're continuing our theme of um, developing the courage and the confidence um, to share our faith. And so there was a, a quote, Autumn, that I think you grabbed or maybe you came up with. It was, um, witness not a winner, right? That our responsibility is to be a witness and not a winner. And I was thinking about a, um, a quote that a, one of my Bible professors said many years ago. Um, if I remember correctly, it was something regarding that our evangelism uh, is to share the good news irrespective of results. It's just us being faithful to the Great um, Commission. Well, I guess, what are your guys' thoughts on both statements, I guess? One, about what evangelism is and that we are to be a witness and not necessarily a winner all the time. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, it would be disappointing to those of you who are way into apologetics, but I've never experienced the arguing of anyone into the kingdom. Yeah. I think giving good answers for what we believe, giving them possible other explanations for things is is good. But you don't argue any, and it's always. It's, I think my friend Guillaume would say that that was, was pretty important for him to come to faith. Now I'm not saying it. It cleared all of the um, objections and obstacles for him. It was helpful. I understand, but but it wasn't presented an argument. He was doing research, so I don't know if you guys have experienced. I've had like it tends to be more women, but sometimes it's men. Come to me and say, you need to talk to my husband. He doesn't believe, and he's, he's a jerk, and you need to tell him it. I'm like, that's not how your husband's going to be one. First of all, your attitude may be part of why he's not, you know, whatever. Uh, and so so for me, the the arguing in is, is probably not the best way to go. So winning is dumb because uh, we only win if all of us go to heaven together, right? So uh, that that's kind of dumb. So, yeah, I think, I think the attitude that we go at it is really really important. And the other side of that is, just, so we used to have a guy that came all the time, nice guy. I still remember what church we went to. He's old, so I can talk about it now. I'm sure he's dead. He would come by the little church, which we first started, and he'd walk around Main Street in the afternoon after lunch, and he would hand out church bulletins. And I said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm witnessing. So no, you're handing out your church bulletin. Yeah. It's got the songs you sang today and, and, the, and the women's prayer meeting this week and the other thing, and there's no witness in that thing at all. And so I think it was marketing. It, it wasn't even good marketing. It was yeah. a terrible bulletin. Yeah. And so I, I kind of think that when we're talking about sharing the gospel, it's not just saying certain words, because communication requires both something spoken and something received. And so the way we speak it and what we speak is important, but the way it's received. So we have to read how it's received. So there's so much more to our words are important. The gospel is words, but it's so much more. Hmm. Hmm. Any other thoughts? Witness not a winner? Well, for, so I'm pretty competitive, and so I do, I, I think, and, and I also am very um, goal-like oriented, and so if I get into a gospel conversation, I 
I do. I want to win and I want to achieve an objective. And so I think that that idea of like being a witness, not, not a winner is something just to keep in mind. Like this is just a conversation. Um, if I get to share how Jesus has changed my life, that's, that's the win for me is just being able to share. I'm not trying to argue or convince or, you know, whatever. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. I think that's 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 great. I thinking of a verse, First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen. It says, "Always be ready to give an answer for the hope in which you have." And Cody, you would know the word "answer." There is the Greek apologia, and and that's the, the whole apologetic kind of argument stuff. But how come you only think Cody would know that? Well, because he's really into apologetics. Because we would. And know he said Guillaume. <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't say it all weekend in public. You know, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, he felt so confident. Since the guy's not in town, like edit. No one to correct me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't say his name either. I was like, it's good to see you. Good to meet you. Um, <laughs> but right now, uh, if you were to ask the early disciples why, why they followed Jesus, they'd probably give you twofold answers. One, he's upended and changed my life into the resurrection, right? We saw him die on Friday and then give us Chick-fil-A on Sunday, right? So there's a miracle there, right? But um, you're right, right? So the, you said that whenever I get to share my faith about how Jesus has changed my life, right? And I think that really is the thing that unburdens us. The truth is not dependent upon your ability to defend it. And so if you can't answer a question, that's okay. Like James, you were saying in our last one, be okay to say, I, I don't know, right? You don't have to do answers. Uh, and again, truth is not depend, defend, dependent upon you. But the real win is being able to answer the question, how has Jesus changed your life? How has he upended your story? How has he given you a sense of hope when there were a sense of uh, light and darkness, a sense of way forward, a peace, uh, whatever it may be? That for me is, because not everyone's going to have all the answers like Cody, so that for me really is the thing that I think has motivated me to, to share my story. It's my story. And I think that's one of the things that's like for us that are listening, right? Like that you don't have to have the answers to all the questions. You just need the answer. How has Jesus changed everything in your life, right? So I guess as we think about that, um, and the plethora of questions that maybe go around that. Do you guys have any favorite questions that when you're kind of maybe with a neighbor or with a family member that isn't a believer or with a friend, you call them nudge questions. Do you have nudge questions that when you're in conversations with people that kind of are moving the target, moving it towards um, faith in some capacity in some way? You uh, have a great one. Yeah. It's not mine. Are you talking about the, okay, so. Um, Tell me more about that. Uh, yeah, so Stand to Reason, um, there's a guy named Greg Kokel. It's a great um, organization, Christian apologetic organization. And he has a thing called the Columbo Tactic, and he has uh, three questions. The first is, what do you believe about, and then insert anything, heaven, hell, sin, salvation, morality, evolution, whatever. Um, tell me more about that, and how did you come to that conclusion? And he, he has this interesting thing that when you ask people those, and I've experienced it myself, that when you ask people just those series of questions, when you ask the very last one, and how did you come to that conclusion, he says most people's worldviews fall apart. And that, as it falls apart, gives you an opportunity, if, if you're not doing it in a militant way, trying to prove them wrong, but out of pure curiosity, opens up a window for you to share the gospel with them. And so that's kind of the, the, the tactic, I guess, that I would use. What about the rest of you guys? What are some questions that you guys use? I usually ask what they're... God's story is. Okay. And then people say, oh, I don't have a yeah. God story. It's like, no, guarantee you do. Do you believe in God? No, you have a God story. Yeah. How, how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. And it's, it, it might be, again, to use the tennis metaphor, it might be to have a little too much pace. So you might need to bring it off a little bit from that. But that's usually the question I'll ask. Yeah. Them. Any other thoughts on that? So I'm interested in how that plays out. I don't believe in God. But you have a God story. Yeah. What's the next line? What happens then? Well, then I ask him, so why don't you believe in God? That's your God story. So explain to me. So your God story is there is no God. Yeah. So explain to me how you got there. Yeah, how you got there. Of course. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. That's it's good. kind of deep, fast, though. It's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's sometimes you, 
sometimes it's a little too much pace on it if you're using the ten yeah. tennis. I just so ask them who they're going to vote for, and then I. <laughs> <laughs> And then you know if they're there. a Christian or not. Yeah, right they don't there. know. They don't Holy know where they're cow. at. Holy yeah. cow. No, I, I see lightning. <laughs> it's <laughs> coming. Kidding. Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. I tell them to turn or burn. I have asked similar questions over the years. How did you come to this belief? Or how did you come to this? And uh, I, I've, uh, the craziest one is the guy was saying that someone was telling him in his head about me and what I was going to ask and so on. Uh, I recently had one where a person said, and this, I laugh because it sounds crazy to me, but my beliefs might sound just as crazy as someone else who's not initiated in understanding Christianity. Well, I was on mushrooms one time, <laughs> and that's how they came up with their God concept. And I just went, I did, I, they didn't talk to me about that in seminary. I don't know. Yeah, no, I wasn't was sure how to that respond. Wasn't in there. I, I, I felt like maybe you might want to base your life on something more than a, a mushroom trip out in the woods, but people place base their their beliefs on all kinds of things, and getting them to talk about that is a pretty. I hope it sounded absurd as absurd to that person as it is to me when they say it when they said it. But getting people to talk, I think that's brilliant. I think yeah. that's really good. Yeah, I realize there are a lot of people I think that have more faith in their worldviews than maybe we do in ours by realizing how weak their their real you know rationale is for believing what they believe. But another question I want to ask you guys is how can you tell if someone's ready to to, to receive those questions, right, to hear about Jesus. Like, what situations are happening, what, 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 what's happening in the conversation, which you feel like now is an, an, an opportune time for me to maybe, let's call it, witness to them. Yeah, I think you can test the waters. Yeah. And you got to have some... Your whole dating analogy? Yeah, you got to have some emotional intelligence to be able to, to gauge where they're at. But as you maybe throw out something that they could pick up, yeah. where it's like, hey, I, you know, I got church this weekend. And then if they just look at you with a blank stare, you just go... Okay, that one's not going to, all right, let's continue on. Or if they go, oh, really? Where do you go to church? Boom, we're in conversation about, about yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to be able to gauge where people. So Jesus has this famous line where he talks about discernment and sharing your faith. And he says to people who are just blatantly against it, he says, don't throw pearl before swine. Just which is pretty stinking harsh, where he's saying, um, hey, if these people are just saying, no, I don't want to hear, don't tell me, well, then don't force it. You're making it worse. They're going to they're gonna dislike faith more now because you're forcing it. Yeah. And so you've kind of got to find your way in to have those conversations and see if, and see if they're open or not. And if they're not, don't, don't try to open up doors that are closed. Yeah, don't kick them down. So I, this, this whole week has been, um, was the most convicting of the three weeks for me. Um, and one of the reasons is, is because of this day, the, the art of convert, like the whole conversation day, because I definitely fall into the category of, um, just thinking about what my next thing that I'm going to say is like my next argument that I'm going to make and not really listening to what it is that people are saying to me, you know, so you're talking about emotional intelligence and all that kind of stuff. I sometimes just, I, I can, but I just am not curious enough about their answer to, um, to actually care, you know, to, to want to ask them those questions. I think you and have to so, leverage your, your personality though. So for me, I'm a little bit cynical, kind of a smart aleck. I know it's shocking. Um, and so I, I will leverage that sometimes to have conversations. So like I'll tell the other dads, I go, Hey, uh, there is an incredible speaker this weekend at our church. You need to come here. And they go, who? And I go, me. So why don't you come and check it? You know, and they're like, nah, you know, this order. but I, I use that as a, as a simple way for me to have, but you got to find out what your thing is. So like, for example, my wife, um, she is the opposite of me in a lot of ways. And so hers is, Hey, let's have them over for dinner. Mm -hmm. 
that's, that's our, our go-to is let's have Mo for dinner. It'd be great. Our kids are already friends and let's have Mo for dinner and uh, you know, whatever. And so she has a totally different approach than I do, but I think you've got to find what your approach is. I just, I think that I need to be better. One of the things that I'm learning from this is I just need to be a better listener. I need to be better at being curious with people of actually caring what they're saying, engaging in well, the Okay, how about this? I have a question. Sure. Um, because I'm thinking about Doyle when, when I say this is, what do you, what could they say? This is very selfish. You should just care. That's the right answer. Um, but what could you say, or what could you ask them that you would actually care about the response? So I'll give you an example, um, Doyle. What is one of the top two or three questions you ask someone when you meet them? Where they live. Where they live. That's your number one quite always. Where do you live? And it just gets in. And so like start asking about things they care about, you know, and pick up on those or things that you care about and then pick up on those things because you can find an in an, an and it'll keep your attention and their attention. You've got to find that common ground though. Right. Right. So with, where's the common ground? And so Matt is actually really good at this um, because he asks a million questions. And I don't know if you actually care about the answers or not. You seem to care. Are you interested in people and like what makes them? Okay. So like, yeah, I ask like, because like everyone knows something you don't know. Right. And so it's like, it's, I like learning. Yeah. I think, I think too, like for me is turn it into play. Like I, I, I turn it into play. Like how can I get the most out of this conference? Like what can I get? How can I make this person How open up? How can I draw up? them out the most? Yeah, and it's just, for me, it's curiosity and play go hand in hand. So if I look at it more like, I'm having fun mm. here, and this is, I want to engage, and I want to engage with things that I find interesting, you're going to find that you're not looking to win the argument. You're more looking to, how can we have fun together, and how can they enjoy this? So, uh, Socratic method. Ask, just keep, uh, everyone loves to talk about themselves. Any kind of time I go to hang out, I can talk, I can talk to anyone in the world because I have them talk about themselves. Just keep. And so I just keep asking them questions. Yeah. And eventually you'll get to something where you go, oh, that's, there's something there. And then but, you can mine that. Yeah. And then you go out. And yeah. Matt's actually the best at this. It's almost a, kind of annoying, to be honest. But Tell me more about really, that. He's really good at it. So. <laughs> that was funny. What are, uh, one of the things that keeps me... Uh, so I grew up in an era where they taught you how to do the four spiritual laws, the Roman road, all these all these aids for sharing your faith. But it was all very mechanical and it didn't feel like it had any, any, what's the word I'm looking for? Any soul in it almost, even though it's about your soul. So one of the things that I, I, I try to keep in mind, and again, not great at this. Um, when this person walks away, they probably won't be a Christian. They may never become a Christian. Have I done two things? Have I planted a seed or watered or whatever it is I'm supposed to do? Whatever next step they're supposed to take, have I helped that happen? And have I added value to their life even if they never become a Christian? So it doesn't become a thing of how do I get you to where I can tell you what I need to tell you? Because the gift I'm giving them is not just the words I say, but the time and the interest I'm giving them. So the words mean nothing if I'm not truly in the moment with them and caring about them. And so even I'm thinking my friend that, that died a couple of years ago that I spent so much time with. He was hard going. He had a whole set of beliefs. But I, I found ways to talk about just about everything. But at the end of the day, he knew I was his friend. And if nothing else happened, I was genuinely his friend. I genuinely wanted something better for him. And and if he chose not to receive it, I can't, you know, I prayed. I did everything I could do. Uh, so for me, I, it keeps me from figuring out which which of these little memorizations can I throw at them. I'm not trying to win anything here. I'm trying to be your friend because I really want to be your friend. And then the hardest things are when somebody comes to a, they have a lifestyle or situation or something or an addiction or whatever that, that they just can't let go of. And, and they know on the deep 
that I'm their friend. And that's all I could do. And I, and, and I tried to help, but they just can't get past that to hear the message. And at the end of the day, that's when I have to go, well, Lord, this is yours. I, I don't get to do the rest of this, it looks like. But I, they knew walking away that even in a moment, I was genuinely trying to, to be, you know, in those moments where I generally try to be. I don't always generally try to be. I, sometimes I'm just too competitive and they need to get off the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before our conversation comes to a close today, I asked this question, um, how can you tell if someone's ready to hear about Jesus um, to all the next-gen staff around here? It's all the kids and, and you staff here. And they came up with some really good answers. It said, when you've seen someone asking questions, um, they, they actually seem, uh, uh, and they're like, like, like large worldview questions, origins, destiny, meaning, morality, things around those. Or maybe questions about you personally, like Cody was talking about. That's a great, you know, we use, and we have the opportunity to say we're pastors. That's kind of a pretty easy, you know, like, almost obviously I'm a person of faith. What do you believe about X, Y, and Z? Um, when they're hurting, um, uh, someone shared a story of, of sharing something with one of their neighbors when uh, they were going through a difficult time that they also had gone through, which was the next one, which was relatable experiences. If, they have, if you have a shared experience that's relatable for each other, that's a great medium to use to share the gospel. And then finally, um, when someone said that I liked their answer was, um, I don't really have much business sharing faith with somebody if I haven't worked hard to develop a relationship with them. And then they said this, it's impossible to disciple someone that you don't have a relationship with. And I thought that that was, um, that was good. Like, you're right. Like, discipleship happens via relationships. So anyways, we're going to turn it back over to you guys. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay, now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about the topic, the main resource for today's Devo is How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy by Sam Chan. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Number one, do you consider yourself to be a selfish person? Why or why not? How much of your day do you spend thinking about yourself, others? Two, what are some keys to becoming a good listener that you found challenging in today's reading? In what ways are you already a good listener? Where do you need to grow? And finally, three, on a scale from one to 10, one being completely untroubled and 10 being terrified, how does the idea of conflict as a result of sharing Jesus make you feel? How might you better prepare yourself for both positive and negative responses? Thanks for joining us today. We hope you take what you've learned and begin right now to apply it to your life. If you'd like a digital text copy of the Devo, you can download it on our website at scgchurch.org. Talk to you tomorrow.